a win Friday night and the season is fixable. A loss, I think it could get ugly really quick. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome on into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And Oklahoma State coming off a bye, gets set to take on the Wildcats of Kansas State. Oklahoma State is 2-2, two and two, and the Wildcats are 3-1. and one. Both teams coming off bye games, both teams coming off off weeks as they head into this matchup with two wildly different expectations. K-State still thinks they have a chance to win the Big 12, and Oklahoma State uh, is just trying to recover after two terrible losses right before their bye week. When you look at this game all-time, Oklahoma State leads it 42-27, to but K-State won last meeting 48-0, to an embarrassing loss for the Cowboys last year that I'm sure they're still holding on to. K-State is an 11.5-point favorites on the road, which says a lot about where Oklahoma State is at this point uh, in the season. And uh, Kleiman is only 1-3 all-time against Gundy, with that last year being the victory. So Oklahoma State, they have announced their quarterback. They uh, did it a lot sooner than they did last year. Alan Bowman has been named the starter. He will start. He started against Iowa State, and now he's going to start against Kansas State. So at least at that point, they have a quarterback. Now, does that mean much to me? No, because I don't think Bowman is very good. We talked about a little bit statistically what he looks like last week's pod, but 53 for 100, three interceptions, two touchdowns, 513 yards, only averaging about 128 yards a game. Now, some of that is because he was only playing a third of the first three games of the season, but didn't look great against Iowa State uh, in that loss two weeks ago, and now you're getting set to face on a K-State team that has got a pretty solid defense, and I think if you're Oklahoma State, you have to rely on the run. Ollie Gordon only has 37 carries this season for 233 yards. He averages 6.2 yards a carry. He's got two touchdowns, but he's averaging less than 10 carries a game, which needs to change. Ollie Gordon needs to be carrying the ball 15 to 20 times a game maybe even 20 to 25 times a game. And at least when you look at the last game in that matchup against Iowa State, he carried the ball 18 times for 121 yards, averaging 6.7 yards a carry. And surprise, when Ollie Gordon carries the football, touches the football, good things happen. So Gordon needs to have 15 to 20, 20 to 25 carries every week for this offense to kind of rely on the run game and not force Alan Bowman into these needing to throw the ball a lot. That's just not who he is. It may have been who he was at Texas Tech. It is not who he is anymore. He's not accurate enough or efficient enough to be that kind of guy where he's throwing the ball 40 times a game. He's just not. And you're not going to win many games doing that. So, Get back, oh, oh, almost half. That's what blows my mind. Gordon ran the ball 18 times against Iowa State. He has 37 carries on the season. Almost half of his carries came in one game. And almost half, over half of the yards came in one game. 121 of his 230. So give Ollie Gordon the football more. That's, that's a big part of it. You're going to control the clock. And then you just have to play good enough defense with controlling the clock, which I think they can. 
Nardo is a good defensive coordinator. The defense has looked bad, especially the last two weeks, giving up a total of 77 combined points over the course of the last two weeks. But the defense is good. It has some special players on it. There's some talent there. And Nardo is a good coordinator. He just needs to figure out what he does at the end of games and do that at the beginning of games and not put Oklahoma State in a hole early, which allows them to run the football and allows them to see some success. So in order for them to come away with a victory against Kansas State, they're going to need to rely on running the football and only having Alan Bowman do what he needs to do to keep this team in it. When you look at Mike Gundy coming off a bye since 2005, he's 27 and 16, 15 and 9 since 20 and 13, and he's 8 and 4 since 2018. Uh, Chris Kleiman following a bye at K-State is 4 and 6. So historically, the numbers kind of uh, they favor Mike Gundy there. So that is one good piece of uh, information. The game is at home. It is in Stillwater. It is a blackout, so things are going to look really good at the stadium. You should have a pretty good fan presence despite the slow start. You had the bye week. It's a big game against a very important opponent in K-State. The first of two really important games back-to-back where you get KU next week. Uh, the one thing you got to got throwing things off. It is a Friday night, not a Saturday game, um, but better a Friday night than maybe a Saturday morning as far as attendance will go. Um, But you're going to be competing a little bit with Stillwater High School and all high school football. But it is a blackout. I expect the crowd to to be a a favorable part. Oklahoma State is a hard place to play anyway because of the paddle people. Uh, but I expect the the crowd to be a part of it. So the crowd is certainly one aspect in your favor. When you're looking at other things, key, I, I kind of talked a little bit about it, but Ollie Gordon is, is a key to this game for Oklahoma State offensively. They have to get him going. They have to feed him the football. And then on the defensive side of things is Kendall Daniels. Daniels has been one of the key players for Oklahoma State defensively uh, all season long. He's the leader in tackles for Oklahoma State. He's got 31 tackles so far this season. Uh, They are one of the worst teams. Actually, no, they are. They are the worst tackling team in the country. The Oklahoma State defense is the worst tackling team in the country, missing 20.5% tackle. That's their missed tackle rate. 20.5%. So they are the worst tackling team in the country. Daniels is not a part of that, and they're going to have to figure that out. Um, especially against a very good K-State rushing team as uh, one of their key players to watch is their running back, DJ Giddens. Uh, For K-State, the sophomore running back, he was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week uh, during Week 4 in a game against Central Florida. Uh, So you're going to have to watch out for him in that game. 30 carries for 207 yards and four scores on the ground for uh, Giddens. So you're going to have to watch for him. And then the defensive side, it's the linebacker Desmond Purnell. Um, He was great in their Week 4 matchup against UCF, a very tough matchup against the Golden Knights that they squeaked out the one-point victory. When I went looking for storylines in this game, of course, I found uh, Joe Tillery's article on heartlandcollegesports.com. I I need to talk to Pete about that because having the K-State guy Right, the Oklahoma State K-State previews feels a little one-sided, but nah, Joe's a good guy. So here's what Joe has to say, uh, storyline-wise, for both these teams, and then we'll get to his prediction as well. Uh, the storylines for Oklahoma State is Alan Bowman capable of winning big games. 
he says he knows the majority of sports personalities went after Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy for his three-man quarterback rotation, but OSU has a ton of questions on their plate. Bowman was not the reason the Cowboys dropped their opener to Iowa State back in week four, but he also wasn't what kept them in the game either. Bowman has a chance to prove what he's made of against the team that took home the title in 2022. Now, I I agree with that, and I you know I'm one of the people that went after Gundy for his decision making, but at the same time, uh, there was no one that really stuck out. I still don't think Bowman's the right answer, but he may be the best answer in a bunch of wrong answers because Bowman, Gunner, Gundy, Garrett Rangel, I think are all the wrong answer, but we'll see in this game against K-State. Uh, and then the storylines for K-State, Tillery says, how healthy did the Wildcats get during the bye week? Well, Howard played on one leg against UCF, and while that was enough to walk away with a 44-31 to win, getting Howard back to full strength should be priority number one. The Wildcats were without players like wide receiver R.J. Garia, running back Treshawn Ward, and saw limited steps from senior offensive tackle Christian Duffy. With a full week of time to rest and recover, keeping players healthy for the duration could be one of the biggest tasks to overcome in the Wildcats' pursuit of back-to-back titles. Tillery's prediction, Kansas State 44, Oklahoma State 24. He says, plain and simple, nine times out of ten, this Oklahoma State team loses to Kansas State. While the Cowboys will have the pleasure of taking the champs on in Stillwater, Chris Kleiman's bunch has something to prove, and I expect this game, this is Tillery speaking, he says he expects this game to be a comfortable win for the purple and white. It should be closer than 48-0 Massacre in Manhattan from 2022, but he says he expects Will Howard to have a big day against a shaky OSU defense. And I really want to just be like, no, Joe, you're wrong. It's going to be close and competitive, but I just am having a hard time being an optimistic fan when it comes to this Oklahoma State team. Now, other Oklahoma State fans have been wildly more optimistic um, OK State Probs, the guy that runs that account, uh, he was optimistic with a tweet um, or maybe delusional, depending on how you, you want to look at. Uh, he said in his tweet, I even quote tweeted it on my Twitter and said, you know, there's optimism and then there's this. But he quote tweeted a tweet that said, starting to believe Oklahoma State can pull out a W on Friday night. He said, I looked at the rest of the Big 12 and begin to see some light. Oklahoma State has a quarterback, the Big 12 is wide open, and their offense feels like a sleeping giant. Not trying to waste optimism, but the season might just be beginning. And I I agree with part of this, that if they win, yes, the season might just be beginning. But the other parts of it, I do not agree with. Yes, they have a quarterback, sure, but it's not a very good quarterback. The Big 12 is wide open, but there are 10 if not more teams better than Oklahoma State right now. OU, Texas, K-State, KU, West Virginia, BYU, all better than Oklahoma State. And you could make an argument for a number of other schools. Iowa State already beat Oklahoma State. UCF, uh, Cincinnati. There are a number of schools you can make arguments for that are better than Oklahoma State because there there could be 10, if not more, teams better than the Cowboys. So, sure, it's wide open, but that doesn't mean that Oklahoma State has a chance at it being wide open. And then when you look at the our offense feels like a sleeping giant, there are a lot of playmakers. Ollie Gordon, Presley, 
Stribling. There are playmakers on the offense, sure. But the play calling is abysmal and is terrible. And you can be sleeping all you want. With done calling plays, you're never going to wake up. That's the problem. Unless something happened in the bye week where Mike Gundy takes over or becomes a part of it, I don't see this offense figuring things out under Casey Dunn. And it's so crazy how quickly Oklahoma State has just fallen when you look at where they were two years ago, where they were the first half of last season, to where they are now. You're you're a yard short of making the college football playoffs, and you lose to Baylor because you couldn't get in the end zone in the in the Big 12 championship game. But then you go and you beat Notre Dame in a huge comeback, amazing comeback victory. Then you start the season hot last year, but finish one and six. Spencer Sanders is is hurt. You're trying to play a mixture of Rangel and Gundy before either one of them are ready. And then Spencer Sanders transfers to play backup at Ole Miss. So there's something wrong with Oklahoma State in this last full season just about that you've seen the back half of last year and the start of this year. They just don't look good. They don't look like the team that Mike Gundy built uh, over the course of the early 2010s up until 2021. They just don't look like that same team. There was one bad team in that span from 20, what you could say like 2009 to 2021. There was like one bad team in that span of teams. You probably go back before 2009. But there was like one bad team. The Dog year, you're 6-6 six and six and you still won a bowl game. But this Oklahoma State team feels like there are two losses in a row, K-State and KU, both games at home, from falling apart and finishing below 500 for the first time since Gundy's first season when he took over in 2005, that team was 4-7. and seven. Ever since then, they have been 7 or 6 or better. And then when you look at, I said 2009, 2008, 2008, 2008, 9-4, 9-4, 11-2, 12-1. 8-5, and 10-3, and 14 wasn't good, they were 7-6, and six, but they won their bowl game. Then 10-3, 10-3, 10-3. 18 wasn't good. They were 7 and 6, but they won their bowl game against Liberty. Back-to-back 8 and 5 seasons in 19 and 20. You go 8 uh, 12 and 2 in 2021. You were 7 and 6 and you lose your bowl game last year. And now you're 2 and 2, and if you b- lose these back-to-back games, K-State first, followed by KU, who in my opinion, if healthy, with Jalen Daniels is healthy, KU is the better team, better than K-State. So if you, if you can't beat K-State, I don't think you can beat KU. And then you look at the rest of the schedule and it doesn't get any easier for the Cowboys. Talk about a surprise. West Virginia has been a very football team. So you still have to go to West Virginia. You have to take on Cincinnati. Then you have to take on OU. You have to go to UCF, to Houston, and then BYU at home. You don't win in the next couple weeks. You might not win again the rest of the season. At Houston might be the most winnable game. You're looking at a three-win season. But if you can ride the ship, figure things out. If you righted the ship, I should say. Not if you can ride the ship. The ship cannot be righted now. If you righted the ship in the in the bye week, and now you face K-State, if you can beat K-State, pick up some momentum, find a way to beat KU, 
try to beat West Virginia on the road, have a chance to beat Cincinnati at home, then the schedule isn't so tough. But if you fall apart in these next two home games before heading on the road to West Virginia, and you don't look good, the team is... The morale is going to drop. The fan support is going to drop. The media attacks on Mike Gundy, which he doesn't handle well, is going to intensify. And the man's going to be on the hot seat. You're, I'm, I'm not kidding when I, so when I say this could be a three-win Oklahoma State team. And that feels abnormal to me. That that feels wrong for me to say. It feels strange for me to say. But I am not kidding when I think that this Oklahoma State team could easily be a three-win team. And boy, will the pitchforks come out. Mike Gundy has r- crowds wanting to riot at 8-5. and five, At 8-4. and four. What do you think they're going to do at 3-9? and nine? They're going to be banging on the gates of Boone Pickens stadiums, calling for his job, wanting him out of there. And honestly, maybe it's time. We'll see how things go. This K-State game is a tipping point. You win, pick up some momentum, try to carry that on through the rest of the season. You lose, and I think the season's a wrap. I think it's as simple as that. You already struggled to recruit, and now you're not successful. Good luck trying to get anyone to transfer in or come to Oklahoma State. He's a polarizing guy. I think that's part of it. So maybe you do need to move on. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about the rest of the season. If I'm just going to sit here week in and week out and say, hey, we need to look at a different direction at the at the head coach spot. And I guess teams sometimes just come to that point where you have to move on. I don't like it because how much I like Mike Gundy, how much of a Mike Gundy guy I've been. I have been the guy in his corner year in and year out when people are screaming from the rooftops, fire Gundy, fire Gundy, fire Gundy. The hashtag trends, I feel like, once a season, every season. And I'm always like, no, 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 give him his chance. You don't want to do that. But I think now with the way college football is changing and you look at teams like KU and K-State that have brought in guys to kind of revamp that program, doing it through the transfer portal, doing it through recruiting, taking advantage of NILs, and Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State being left in the dust as the college football shifts with all this alignment, change of uh, conference realignment, teams changing conferences, And it's not going to get any easier when you add in Colorado and you add in Utah. Utah because they're great with a good coach. And Colorado because Deion Sanders is electric. He's fun. Players are going to go want to play there. Be with him. Play with him. And as long as he's there, he's going to bring people, bring talent into the University of Colorado. It's, It's as simple as that. So... Things could get ugly real quick for this season if you lose, especially lose by 20 points. I predict they lose. I know all that to say that. I do predict they lose. I think they keep it close. It's a seven-point game. I'm going to say 41-34 as a final. 41-34 is my final. I think if you get blown out by 20 or more points, things are going to get ugly real quick for the rest of the season. It's just not going to be pretty. It will not be pretty. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.